0: You know that content marketing is important, otherwise you wouldn't be here. But did you know that for many businesses, content marketing is its primary source of leads and sales? How? Let me show you. Well, I'll tell you, because this is the podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja digital marketing podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm head ninja at Exposure Ninja. We're a digital marketing agency, and we help our clients get more leads and sales through amongst other things, content marketing, which is exactly what we're talking about today. So I'm going to take you through some content marketing 101 tips. Let's start with how to build a content strategy. And in particular, how to choose the type of content that you're going to be putting out and where you're going to be placing it so that your target audience sees it. Now content marketing isn't just about writing blogs for your website content marketing includes obviously all of the content on your website homepage key pages product pages service pages uh, faqs knowledge base all of that content but in addition your videos your podcasts, ads downloadable resources like white papers and ebooks emails case studies social media and guest posting and sponsored content. So all of this stuff falls under the content category, we're going to be looking at some specific examples today, primarily your website content, um, some strategies around downloadable resources, and also Uh, some stuff that covers on so uh, on case studies and guest posting and sponsored content. So how do you decide what to prioritize because we're all busy, that's a huge amount of stuff. And each of it is a basically full time job. So how do you work out exactly what you're going to be spending your time on? Well, we've got a little equation that we want to share with you. And that is your company's target audience multiplied by your goals equals your content strategy. This is how you're going to be deciding what you're going to be putting your time behind. For example, if you know that your target audience makes Google searches about exactly what you offer, and your goal, so that's your audience, your goal is to get traffic and sales quickly, then running some Google ads to a piece of content past a lead capture can be a good option. Let's say that your goal is to uh, generate brand awareness and familiarity in the warm and fuzzies. And your target audience is younger folk, well, then maybe your content strategy will be focusing on TikTok and producing TikTok videos. If your sales team is asking for case studies to help them close sales, well, then your audience is warm leads, your goal is improving your sales team's conversion rate, then maybe case studies should be at the top of your content list. So you Your ideal customers and the goal that you have for those customers should guide your content. Don't fall into the trap of just, you know, sharing company news and achievements that really are not relevant to your target audience. Let me give you a couple of examples. Firstly, um, our client Chas, they wanted to get more people, uh, more contractors verified, they're an accreditation firm, they realized the problem that their ideal customers had, um, there was a particular pain their customers had, which could be solved by giving them downloadable checklists. So this is exactly what we did. So we identified that this particular audience, which they wanted to increase their membership of were searching on Google for this particular pain point. So we produce these downloadable guides, we put them behind an email capture uh, screen, so that when people search on Google, they would up would pop the the page that this guide was being promoted on, they'd fill in their email address, and then they get to download the guide. Now, of course, the guide was really useful because it builds credibility with the lead, it shows that you're in their space, it shows you understand and it's helping them to get a result, which is a great way of building a relationship with someone. But it also means that we've got that person's email address, so we can follow up with them and start building a relationship through that. Now that's an example of producing content that meets their target audience, where they are online, even if they don't yet know about the business. Okay, so we're just meeting people cold on Google, we're bringing them in, we're getting their email, we're giving them some stuff, which is going to be useful to them, you're most likely going to have different types of content targeting people at different stages of the buyer journey, right? So that might be how you meet cold people. Um, Examples of content that might be designed for people who are a bit warmer and have maybe purchased from you before. Well, let's say that the audience that you were going after was previous customers customers and the goal was to produce repeat business. Let's say that you're Bloom and Wild, the flower company. So they're selling flowers through e commerce, right? Well, what they might do is they might focus on Instagram, and they might um, build sort of inspiration, they might show the flowers in context in people's homes, because people already know what they do, people already wear and they've purchased before. And by showing examples of the products in people's homes, you can spur them to make a repeat purchase, or you can remind them that hey, Mother's Day is tomorrow, you're too late, but maybe don't forget her birthday, which is three days later, you know, so you've got to think about where people are going to be at in their buyer journey, and make sure that the content you're producing is targeted to them. If they're unfamiliar with you, then you need to do a good job of setting the scene and you meet them where they are. If they are familiar with you and you're trying to bring a repeat purchase, then you can skip some of the introductions and just nudge them into repurchasing. Now, of course, it's always a good idea to have a clear brand playbook that anyone in your business can follow, particularly when you've got lots of different content going out in different areas. This is one of the most common mistakes we see with businesses that are starting to scale their marketing is that they might have a clear idea of what they're doing in one particular area. They might have some templates that they use for their blogs or templates that they use for their social media content. But then when they produce a video, it looks wildly off script because it's using different colors or different styles or whatever. So one of the things that's really important to get nailed down is your brand playbook. This is the central resource that anyone in your business can follow. It's going to include things like your USPs, your key messages, your tone of voice, and of course, the look and feel that you want to present across all of your different channels. Exactly how you communicate on each different channel is going to vary slightly from platform to platform, the way you speak in an ebook is likely to be very different to how you speak on social media. And even differences between social media, different platform uh, between different social media platforms will be quite stark. For example, if you're posting on Twitter, you're typically going to be much more conversational and try and get people in a thread. Whereas if you're posting on LinkedIn, then maybe less so if you're posting on TikTok, then you're going to be using some ridiculous filter or doing something that's much more entertainment first, because that's what you need to do in order to keep people's attention on TikTok. Now, the only place that this sort of brand playbook thing doesn't necessarily apply for content marketing before we get into how to create and distribute is guest posting and sponsor content. If you're creating stuff to be featured in a publication on someone else's website, then usually you get better traction from mimicking their tone of voice. Of course, you want to add your personality and your your style. But usually if they're writing long form, you want to write long form, because that's what the readers of that publication will be used to. And that's the way to sort of slip under the radar a bit like the old world of advertorials, right? You don't want to make an advertorial that looks wildly different to the content in the rest of the newspaper or magazine, or it's just simply going to get ignored, because it trips that sort of ad flag that we have in our heads. Okay, let's talk about how to create and distribute content. So you've got your content, you've got your audience multiplied by your goals equals your content framework, you're thinking of your target audience first, you're then working out what your goals are and using that to inform your content ideas. But it's not just enough to have ideas without execution, you've got absolutely nothing. So you need to actually create them too. now the first question that you need to ask is this, do you have the resources in house to actually produce content in the quantity and quality that you really want to hit your goals? This includes both time and skills. So for example, if your strategy involves going producing, going from producing one blog and posting on LinkedIn every month to posting five blogs, two ebooks, three videos, and going into TikTok, well, either you're going to need to hire some people or you're going to need to outsource to an agency. Nudge nudge. By the way, you can request your free website and marketing review from the team here at exposure ninja.com. We can advise you on what your content marketing strategy should be all completely free of charge. Just go to exposure ninja.com forward slash review to request your free website and marketing review today, we will send it to you via video, usually within two to three working days. If we think that the video review isn't right for you, then we'll recommend something else, which will be just as awesome on with the show. So if your strategy involves massively increasing the amount that you're going to be producing, you've got to be realistic with your time scales. How many times have we seen clients come in saying, yeah, do you know, I'm going to produce all of this stuff myself. I'm just going to work a little bit later. I'm going to, you know, stop looking at social media during the day. I'm just going to get this stuff done. And then within three days, they're raising the white flag or like, oh yeah, I'm going to have to take some sick leave. This is really destroying me. So it's really important to be totally realistic with this. If you want to produce quantity and quality, you're going to need additional resource for that. Now, it's also important to remember that each content channel you're working with is going to need a special touch. Someone who can write amazing blogs and has written 500 blogs over the last couple of years, well, they can probably write an email too because they're obviously fairly literate and they know how to use one of these computer keyboard thingies, but that email probably won't be at the same level as someone who has specialized in email and has written 500 emails over the last couple of years. Right. So depending on how competitive your space is, you might need someone who is absolutely beastly at that particular channel. Jack of all trades, master of none never apply better than in digital marketing. People are getting so many emails every day. Unless you have someone who actually knows email, then the chance of your email actually getting through could be fairly low. All right. Now onto the fun part, how we make all of this stuff easier for you. So I've just told you that you need to be thinking about all these different channels and that you might need additional resource and you may be starting to panic. That's totally fine. Um, well, you don't need to create original content or entirely original content for each platform. That's the good news here. If you've created an awesome blog, for example, or a guide, you can then use that to create video scripts, social media posts, emails, the list goes on. If you're an avid Exposure Ninja fan, which obviously you are because you're letting me talk into your ears every week, um, then you might have noticed that we do this exact thing. So for example, we've got a really popular video on our YouTube channel, which you should go and check out. Uh, just go to YouTube and search for Exposure Ninja on keyword research, i.e. how to find the best keywords to target for your SEO. Now this video was originally a blog before it was a video, we made a video about the blog. And then after it became a video, it metamorphosized into social media posts. The goal of these social media posts is actually two types of social posts, half of them were about, hey, here's how to do keyword research. So using the content from that video and from that blog, but half of them were to promote the video. So we also updated the blog to include the video because some people when they land on a blog, they don't want to read a whole bunch of words, they want to watch a video demonstrating it. So they've got that option. And we recorded a podcast about that. So all of that stuff came from that one blog. And you could say, here I am now making another podcast about that entire process. So, all of the research happened at that initial blog stage. That's where we collected all the information together. That's the bit that took the most time. And then from there, we're just chopping it up. Like, you know, that story about the Walls Factory, where they bring the pigs in and then they use all the bits of the pigs to make the products and then they use the fat to make the ice cream. I don't know if that's real. Horrific if true, but. You know that's the story. What you're doing is you're you're doing the hard work. You're bringing the pig in. You're making your vlog out of it, and then you're using every little bit of innard to make other stuff that you can post. There you go. Your social media content is your innards. Now you might also find opportunities to newsjack too. Newsjacking is where you jump on a current trend in a way that connects to your uh, brand and sort of resonates with your target audience. Now we do a lot of this uh, exposure ninja. Um, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be going on Twitter and looking for things like hashtag journal request hashtag PR request. When you see journalists requesting a, a, a take on something that's happening in the media, you can respond with your expert opinion, okay, and this can get you featured, but you can also produce your own content about what's going on in the news. So let's say for example, um, Kim Kardashian announces that she's going vegan or Kim Kardashian announces that she's going on the I don't know the all red meat all raw red meat. Diet. Diet, okay, that's probably maybe more newsworthy. So Kim K has decided that she's just going to be eating red meat from now on, and she's going to be eating it raw. So it's going to be in all the celeb magazines and papers and all this type of stuff. Now, if your business has any sort of parallel to any aspect of this story, you could use this as an opportunity to get coverage. And I'm just going to make some random stuff off of the top of my head. But let's say that you're a you're a vegan beauty products website, okay, you've got a vegan beauty product range, and you sell it via e-commerce will you be immediately jumping on this, right? Talking about how irresponsible it is of Kim K to encourage people around the world to be eating meat. Let's say that you're something to do with health, you might be talking about the health implications of this. Let's say that you are talking, you know, whatever it might be, you've got to find your if you're a dentist, you might be talking about the impacts on Kim K's beautiful teeth, what's going to happen if she's ripping into this raw meat with her canines and their are in sizes and all that stuff. So you're going to find an angle on these current topics to get in front of your target audience. Now you can have different levels of this, right? I think we've talked recently about examples where we've got in fact, in our boring business podcast, I gave you an example of a business that we worked with, which is all about warehouse racking safety. So fairly boring topic. Now, when we piggybacked on the latest Star Wars release to do a bit of news jacking there, we didn't necessarily target mainstream media because people who are reading mainstream media publications like, you know, newspapers and stuff, they're not necessarily Oh, yeah, but you know what, actually, I am really interested in Star Wars, and I have been needing to get my warehouse racking safety inspected. So that is great that I'm seeing both of these things in one place, you know, that's not the general public. What we did instead is we targeted the the sorts of people that were going to be interested in warehouse racking. So people who are reading the manufacturer, for example, that audience matches that topic is interesting and hypey, great combination. So there's two flavors of newsjacking, you can either go super general interest, or you can go industry specific if your product isn't exactly like public, right? If it's not sort of average person on the street is gonna want to buy it, your warehouse racking safety, then you probably want to go a little bit more niche when this is done. Well, it can be super effective. Not only do you get the links, not only do you get the features, but also you get a huge amount of credibility. Another example we've seen recently, uh, we got one of our clients, which is a, a regional a chain of audiology clinics. So they fit hearing aids, they do hearing tests, that's what audiology is. Um, And they have a a regional chain, I think it started as maybe one or two, we've now helped them grow to many, many more, which is awesome. But we got them featured, we got them a recent article in Forbes. And that's fantastic, because, you know, what right or what typical scenario does a regionable, a regional audiology chain get featured in one of the world's highest authority websites. That doesn't happen unless we're piggybacking on something uh, that is very current and that is happening now. And this type of stuff is all over the place in the YouTube version of this podcast. I show an example um, in the Huffington Post, which is all about Airbnb scams. And this article features multiple travel companies talking about this Airbnb scams. This is a current topic that's relevant to the general public. But Huffington Post might not have known about this problem, unless a smart marketer reached out to them with the idea for the story, the journalist or writer then goes out and finds some additional sources that they can quote in the story to build it up into something that's a little bit bigger. So this is a great way to build visibility and to align yourself with the the current topics of the day. Now you don't even need to go out to the press with this stuff. You might do news jacking on your own social channels, just piggybacking on trends or things that are interesting, right? So you might not need to go all the way to national press about Kim K's bloody meat feast, you might just be posting on your own social channels about how what she's doing is irresponsible or amazing or you know, whatever your angle is going to be on it. Now, another way to get great features in high authority publications is through sites like Harrow helper reporter out and quoted, which is the word quoted but with a W instead of a U. We talked about these before you get a whole bunch of emails um, about information on a variety of different stories that journalists are putting articles together on and you can contribute to them, you can be a source more information about this stuff, we're going to be doing some more um, videos and podcasts about this later on. So if you haven't subscribed, then please do. Uh, you can also reach out to editors of publications that you want to be in directly publications often list editors and their email addresses on their website. But you can also use LinkedIn or Twitter to find the best person to speak to um, on quick tip before we move on chase up after sending them a pitch. It could be that this person is really busy that it's been deadline day, the article slipped their mind, whatever. So chase up, obviously be cool about it. Don't chase up after a few hours, leave it two or three days or even a week. But do chase up because it's very rare that you secure coverage on your first pitch. Okay, final thing I have to say on this topic. How can you get things actually rolling with content marketing in your business? Because often this involves a bit more investment. This, you know, this is something that requires ongoing commitment content marketing isn't something that you can just, you know, knock out in 15 minutes a week, this is something where it's going to take time, it's going to take energy, and you need to be putting this time and energy in over a sustained period. Well, typically marketing or company leadership want to see that you've considered the business overall KPIs, and that the plan you've got fits in with the budget and delivers on some sort of goals that the company is working towards. Luckily, if you follow this, audience times goals equals content strategy, then you can show that you're doing exactly that because the goals have been central to your decisions about what you're going to be focusing on where you're going to be putting your attention. By the way, if your leadership team needs a bit more convincing, here's one story I actually didn't know about this. But one of our content marketing team told me this is one of my favorite content marketing stories from way back in like 400 BC, which is obviously before content marketing lol you can use this story as leverage against your leadership team by the way Um, and while this example may be old the principles the essence of this is timeless and beautiful so you know the michelin stars right the top restaurant rating thing you know every restaurant wants to get their michelin stars and some fancy folk don't go anywhere that doesn't have a start. Well, what the average person doesn't know is that the whole Michelin stars thing started as a clever ploy by the Michelin company to sell more tires. They created a genuinely useful guide. And the purpose of this guide was to encourage motorists to take more trips in their cars in order to generate more tire sales right people out driving to these restaurants wearing out their tires resulting in more sales of tires because this guide was so useful though it's now become synonymous with the best places to eat around the world. But this piece of content let's look at it for what it is this was a content marketing thing that they produced in order to sell more tires remember audience times goals equals content, the audience that was people who owned cars, the goal, get these tires wearing out so they buy more the content. Well, let's get these people out on the road. Let's produce this restaurant guide, which today 400 million years later is still going strong. So keep that in mind, you'll create winning content that gets you traffic leads and sales. Hope you found this podcast useful. As always, if you did, then drop us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to go and request a free website and marketing review from exposure before my voice dies on me. And I'll see you next week.